Hey, I'm Alex. Hey, I'm Parv. And this is China Product. We are two Silicon Valley product managers, and we know how messy it can be. So we're here to talk about the ups and downs of being a PM. It's not always straightforward, but we're here to figure it out together. This time on China Product, we're going to go into PM burnout and what it's like to work as a PM, and then also maybe work long hours at some points, especially during new releases and particularly stressful times. Thanks, Alex. One of the most under-talked topic here in the product management world, I think it is burnout. Burnout is getting more and more real. We are hearing more cases about that. It's something that is happening around us and we're just not paying attention. And I feel like even within product management, that space is just so ripe for something like burnout to happen. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely burned out a couple of times, especially I think startups, there's definitely more of an issue around this, at least in my experience. I think at startups, there's just like an infinite amount of work. And sometimes that work comes really late, or sometimes it's a monumental amount of effort for a very small team. So you're just working all night, pulling all-nighters, trying to get everything out as quickly as possible. It's one of those things that it's just unfortunate. It's not like you can really blame anybody. The work needs to get done. You got to pound through it and get it done. Do you feel it also happens at large organizations though? Because I can even imagine the stress that it comes with being a PM at a large company, given the scale and the impact that you can have and the constant pressure of, you know, making sure that you're delivering right because you're not only competing with other PMs, but then you're competing with so many more folks outside the org, within the bigger organization, the company. And it's just like that competition along with the stress of making sure that you're doing something that's impactful, I feel like that also can lead to some of the stresses as a PM, even in a large organization. I think it depends on the organization. I think there are some organizations that definitely have <laughs> more of an issue than others. I think, at least in my experience, I've worked at organizations that are both relatively easy, not relatively easy, but they're very good about making sure that people are working too much. They're bringing on new people to help cover if there's too much work or there's too much of a ramp up. I've also worked at places that don't really care if there's too much work for a person. They just want the work to get done. They just expect that person to cover it. So I think it just depends on the organization and their culture. Large organizations, there's also a lot of internal pressure to try to get promoted and try to kind of climb that next rung of the corporate ladder. So a lot of that internal pressure is what's, I think, pushing people to work really long hours and to ultimately burn out. Whereas I think startups is a little bit more external pressure. It depends on, I think, the organization. To a large degree. The PM role itself is just so ambiguous in terms of what needs to get done. All of that starts taking a toll on one on the day-to-day as well. While you're working as a product manager, as you've talked about this before, you're not necessarily the one who is actually executing on something. You're mostly a conduit to so many different teams. So many expectations lie upon you. A lot of different context switching that's happening. A lot of different topics that you need to be abreast in. Like It can get a lot sometimes for a PM. And it's not surprising that you feel stressed as a product manager. Product management in general, because it's a lot on your shoulders. So if anything goes wrong, you're the person who's responsible for riding the ship. So you're the one who hears about some issue with like a P0 kind of issue that comes down. And then you're the one who has to kind of rally the troops to try to figure out what the problem is and then solve that problem. And these don't always happen in the nine to five. Sometimes they happen just before you're about to go to bed and you got to try to call everybody wake them up and try to get them to fix this issue. Let's take a step back from product management, but look at burnout. 
within burnout itself, from all the research that we've read, and we were talking about this earlier as well, there are a couple of things that really specifically can cause burnout within an individual. When we look at those areas, it just seems it can translate, unfortunately, really well into a product manager's world. For example, one of the main reasons for burnout is a perceived lack of control, feelings of not having autonomy, access to resources sometimes. That is something so huge within the product management scope, right? Also like the projects. You don't feel like you have control of the project or the project is just beyond salvaging. Then you just kind of get this hopeless feeling that overcomes you. So no matter how much you work, you just can't really do too much. I think also there's this idea that burnout is because you're overworking. A lot of it is because there's just something that happened. Like you've lost like your engineering team or there was like a budget issues if it's at a startup and then you have to lay off a bunch of the core people. And then now as a PM, like you're trying to like complete this project when you just lost your legs. There's a lot of things like that where not necessarily tied to long hours, but it's tied to just this hopeless feeling of trying to climb a mountain with no legs. Yeah. And sometimes with PMs, it's just you don't have control over the teams that are executing on certain pieces of the project. Yes, you're there who's kind of connecting the dots and bringing the people together. But design is out there designing. Engineering is out there coding. UXR is happening. Legal compliance. Like all those teams are executing on the vision. They're the ones who are actually doing the work. As a PM, you're trying your best to help guide, have those conversations, unblock them. But you don't necessarily have control or have an input into the exact day-to-day -day working. And that can also sometimes lead to that lack of predictability or lack of control in management of workflows or resources. And I think those kind of feelings start to add up sometimes as the scope increases, as the team increases, and all of that can just sort of start building up and eventually lead to burnout. I think a lot of these teams also have their own metrics. So as the PM, the product is your metric and how that product does. But a lot of the teams, they have secondary or primary goals for that team that are secondary to you as a PM. They're working essentially towards something else that is not in line with what you're trying to work towards. But as an organization, for instance, like marketing is trying to drive traffic, whereas product might be trying to drive conversion. So marketing trying to hit their traffic metric while you're trying to hit conversion, you kind of go in different areas. Uh, so you got to try to wrangle the different teams and try to make sure that everyone is at least trying to get the product in a good shape and then having their metrics be secondary to the product in that case. And that's not always like an easy thing to do. And a lot of times you're going to get a lot of pushback, especially as a PM. You don't necessarily have that much power. So going against more senior people in a lot of these orgs, engineering, like senior engineers, heads of engineering orgs to try to push for the product agenda when engineering org agenda might be different. And then you just kind of get stonewalled. There's a lot of different aspects of, of burnout and a lot of different ways it can happen. I think we always hear about overworking being the number one version, number one reason. But I think there's a lot of cases where if you're really excited about what you're doing, and you believe in the mission, you can work 12, 14 hours and not even realize it and don't get burned out. It's only when you start hitting these roadblocks, these speed bumps, that you kind of start questioning what you're doing, questioning if you want to keep doing it, questioning if it makes sense, asking yourself if it's worth these all these long hours. And that's when it kind of starts snowballing into this self-doubt and then these symptoms of burnout. The other reasons that we experience burnout in the workplace is rewards either extrinsic or intrinsic, but if that reward doesn't necessarily match up to the amount of effort that we put in, it feels like the investment or the work that we're trying to do, you know, isn't being rewarded appropriately. As a product manager, I think one of the biggest things that we have to learn is delayed gratification. There is no immediate access or reward to the type of work that you're doing. 
And it sometimes can feel like a thankless job when you're there just every day going in, creating tickets, connecting people, having meetings, but not coming out of it with anything concrete. And I think that lack of concrete rewards at the end can sometimes make you feel as if your effort hasn't been worth it. Personally, I kind of know at this point when I'm nearing burnout or when I burn out. And a lot of it is when you have these endless meetings and you don't have anything that you feel like you've accomplished. I think for me, like creating things is super important. And if I'm not able to create something, whether at work or on the side, then I get like super depressed and start burning out. Even if at work, like you have all these meetings, you're not actually accomplishing anything, like making sure you know when you're going to burn out and then being able to try to fix that and create something on the side, if that's what it what will stave off burnout is super important. Because as a PM, so many meetings and it feels like such slow progress for so long, especially like in the requirements gathering phase, when you're just talking to endless stakeholders, months go by without any real progress, except for some new requirements being added to a BRD or a BRD. Yeah, and it's so hard to even understand what is a reward that you can get as a PM, right? I've had moments where I've just meetings after meetings, got the requirements together, the product got launched, but no one ever thought about tracking for it. Or it wasn't something that was so high on priority that people were looking into the numbers. It just got launched. It was something that you needed to do. It just didn't feel rewarding enough at the end for all the effort that you put in to get everyone together and actually get that launch and ship. And sometimes you take a look at those kind of situations and you're like, what am I doing here? Is this really worth all the effort and stress that I'm going through? Those kind of moments sometimes just end up making you much more stressed and anxious than you actually are. Yeah. Whenever you have like an idea or you start working on a new project, there's always this kind of high. Every day and every week that goes by without any progress, it just kind of drains you. By the time I get started on the project, if it's two months after I was really excited about it, I normally don't even care about the project at that point. I normally just want to go to the next project. But this project is only halfway through. So now you're just essentially dragging yourself on a project you don't really care about anymore all the way across the finish line. It doesn't feel like anything. It doesn't feel rewarding. The other one, when I'm thinking about burnout, a big one is community, who you work around with or who you're working with, who you have around you, the team and the relationships that you build at work. When I think about product management, it can be such an isolating role. I mean, we've talked about this earlier as well. And being a product manager, you're not necessarily embedded within an org which has multiple more people. You aren't an engineer with pair programming with your other engineers. You aren't in a design team which has other designers who can like bounce ideas and brainstorm design reviews off. As a PM, sometimes you are kind of left alone until you're needed or until you're needed to specify a requirement or clarify a question. That can feel lonely. And I think that is another big cause of why slowly as you spend more time in that state, it can add up and eventually lead to burnout. There's lots of different causes, at least in my experience, we've touched on, I think. Long hours, loneliness, there's all sorts of different factors. Have there been times in your career where you felt like you were burning out and you were able to kind of pull out of it? And one of my first jobs here, I think for me, it was a bunch of different things. I went from constantly creating, I was at school and I was part of hackathons, etc. And I used to do a lot of different type of creative work there in terms of like actually building and deploying and that kind of stuff. And then the first time I jumped into my job, it was very exciting at first, but then slowly it was hard for me to understand like what was different for me with past times and I think for me not being able to actually build something and constantly look at creation happening or you know being part of something that's actually getting built and actually going out there every day like it felt a little weird to me slowly and steadily it started to catch up and 
I was starting to look for those rewards or that instant gratification as a PM, but it wasn't coming. For me, it took me a long time to realize the difference between being a PM at an organization versus being a member of a team at the hackathon at school. That difference in the gratification and how easily you can actually see something that you've done and see feedback. For me, that took time to get an understanding of. I did honestly almost reach that brink of like burnout where I was like, you know what? This is just not worth it. All the effort that I'm doing, nothing is happening. But I think once I identified that, you know, I took some corrective measures, took some steps back, tried to understand from a different perspective. And I think that really helped pull me out of that burnout. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think when you're in college or when you're in your own startup, there's a lot of times where you're just building things with the team, you're ideating, you're brainstorming together, which is such a like a fun and engaging experience. And you go to like the real world as a PM and Essentially, you're just like this person who writes some specs, scatters requirements, and then the engineering team or the UX team does all the fun brainstorming stuff. And you're kind of left out of that discussion a lot of times. And you're just presented to with the ideas and then totally agree. I think that's a huge part of it. I think at startups, you are able to always, especially the size, you're able to join those discussions a lot of times. And a lot of times it's a whole company discussion, depending on the size of the company. It's like, how do we make the app design? How should we make the hardware look? How should we make the website? These things become like massive brainstorming sessions, which are really, really fun because you get all these different ideas, essentially just like a six, seven, eight hour long discussion with the whole team because everyone decided to drop whatever they're doing that day and just join in on the discussion because you can. But in these large organizations, everything's siloed. Engineers are in different buildings. UX is in different buildings. You just don't have that fun kind of creative problem solving happening anymore, at least with access to the PM. I mean, PM can always request it, but I think there's always kind of that, there's always like a little bit of a barrier because you're not really part of that team. Like you're asking to be a part of it, but you're kind of like on loan almost. You're kind of watching what they're doing. You're not really part of too much of the process. So I think there's always kind of a little bit of a distance that you have as a PM in these larger organizations. It's definitely tough, I think, to kind of overcome, especially because I think a lot of PMs, like the problem solving is their favorite part and being able to do that collaboratively is so much more fun than just like sitting going on walks and trying to like crunch through these problems on your own. Let's forget PM for a while. One of the biggest things that can cause burnout is when organizational values do not match up with or do not intersect with your personal values. That becomes even more strong when we think about product management. As a PM, one of the biggest things about our job is to identify the problems that we need to solve to identify what is the thing that the organization or the company or the product should be doing in the future, a couple of years after that, and you know, so on. So a lot of the times, it's about you trying to put yourself within that organization and solving for it. If there is a lack of mismatch between some of those internal personal values that you have and the organizational ones, PM is just ripe for burnout. This isn't something that's always necessarily with respect to product management. I mean, in any role, if there's that huge mismatch or a gap in those values, then it's going to be something that's going to stress you out. But because as a PM, you're constantly in that mode of analyzing, thinking, problem solving, especially against an organizational context, that mismatch can be even stronger sometimes. And so if possible, I feel like it's always important to take a step back and realize if the problems that you're asked to work on align with some of the problems that you as an individual also want to take upon. And I think that sometimes can solve for a lot of the other issues that stem out from a stressful work environment. Yeah, I think that's well said and totally on point because a lot of times as PM, you're not really siloed. You're open to the business. Essentially, you as a PM are business representative on a project. 
So you have to know what the business is driving towards, what the business goals are, what the OKRs are for that larger organization. And if that doesn't line up with what you believe in and what your identity kind of is, like if the goal is essentially to increase shareholder profits at all costs, and that comes at the cost of user experience, and you have like some dark patterns that are being introduced in order to try to squeeze more money out of people. As a PM, you're the person who knows that and is tasked with actually enforcing these values that might not be in line with your own. So you're essentially building something that you feel is bad and you feel is bad for the world. Especially engineering, they have essentially this set of requirements that they're told to execute on, but they don't necessarily have like the higher level insight of what the organization is driving towards and what that maybe four or five year plan is and what that looks like for customers and the values of that company. Taking a step back again, you mentioned that you've experienced or almost experienced burnout as well. Were there any things that you did that tried to, you know, protect yourself against burnout? Or when you were feeling burnout, how do you do like make changes that you sort of came out of that and rediscover like your mojo? I probably burned out four times in my career. So I think uh, maybe five times. So I guess almost every role I've burned out at one point. So I guess I had my own startup initially. And so I think when you have a startup, you're just essentially going full force. So I was actually in school at the time. I was like not going to any classes. I would essentially study for my tests only. And I was essentially 100% focused on the startup. I was like writing grants nonstop, doing solar installations, trying to innovate on the new tech, hiring team members. And so it's like a nonstop thing. And that, but you always kind of feel like you're just like pounding a concrete wall, trying to break through it. You're trying to like get more solar customers. You're trying to get more grants to fund the R&D efforts that will help get you more customers. And then like, I think every rejection, it's kind of like, oh, like we always have the next one. But at some point after years, I think it was probably like three years in, I was just like not making too much progress. The tech was good, but now we were hitting issues where we couldn't manufacture the technology we designed. So at this point, it's just like constantly hitting a wall. And then like the team isn't maybe the right team in order to execute on this plan. So then now you have to find a whole new team. How do you get a whole new? So there's like, at least for me, it was a lot of roadblocks and then trying to like carry the team to that finish line. Then you kind of start questioning it's like you were saying, why am I doing this? What's like the end goal here? Do I really believe in this? That was a hydrogen company. And so it's, I think it was around like 2015 when I started having all these doubts. And I started looking around. I was like, no one's going to use hydrogen. Hydrogen doesn't make any sense. That's why we have so much trouble. So then you have all this kind of self-doubt. And that's like when the productivity starts going down, you start getting depressed. Like, what have I done? I just wasted all these years of my life working on this project that doesn't even make sense because hydrogen is not a thing anymore. So then it kind of starts spiraling. That was my first experience with burning out at least in a company. In that case, it was a good learning experience in terms of mental health and like, because I think burnout also is comorbid with depression. So essentially, you like can't even get out of bed, you can't concentrate, you just can't do anything. So you go from maybe working like 14 hours a day to not even getting out of bed. Especially like if you have your own startup, and then you have to decide that it doesn't make sense, and you have to kill it. That's also like the worst thing, because that was your identity for a large part of your life. And so now the burnout starts like going to depression and then it's like a whole spiral. That's pretty tough. I think in that case, like, I don't know that there's like a good clear path. I think when you have your own company, it's just really tough. I think as a PM, you always have the option to quit if you're feeling that way. So that's what I did like at my later company. The company was like, the values were no longer in line with what I saw the company going towards. I thought the company should go one way. The founders thought it should go another way. It doesn't matter how hard I worked, the way that we were trying to go like consumer versus B2B. B2B was where all the money was. We happen to be really good at B2B. But I want to go to B2B, but like I couldn't bring the people. So now there's this disconnect. And again, with 
like we were saying with the values, if the values are disconnected. You feel like you're running on a treadmill, not going anywhere. You're having the same self-doubts. Why am I doing this? What's the point? So that was like maybe like third time and fourth time in my career. After you burn out a few times, you just you realize what the symptoms are and you realize that it's just it's not worth it normally. At least as a PM, you can quit, kind of reassess what you want to do and then go from there. But the more times you do it, the more times you realize what the repercussions are. Like Sometimes you can go headlong into it, knowing you're probably going to burn out, but it might be worth it for whatever your goal is. But I think being aware of burnout and being aware of how to avoid it if you want to avoid it or just accepting the consequences if you put yourself in that position. I think it just as you get a little bit more mature in your career and it happens more times because I don't think it's avoidable in all situations, then you get a little bit more used to what you can do with it. One of the main points that you mentioned here is a being aware of and it's tough, but trying to be aware of when there might be an onset of burnout or when you might be at the risk of burning out and then trying to take a step back and reassessing. I think that's really important as one of the ways to know, you know, try to combat burnout is at moments in your life, in your career, if things are getting a little stressful, and even if they're not, just taking a step back and making sure that, you know, you're aligned correctly with the work, with the vision, and just reassessing where you're at. Sometimes just that one outsider's perspective or look into the situation can be really insightful. So I think one of those big ways that you can try and sort of get out of the funk and get your mojo back is trying to like reassess. Sometimes some things are worth burning out for. Burnout is like a symptom of like a larger problem. We did a Kickstarter with one of the companies. So I was running this Kickstarter. I was doing the marketing. I was also like the PM. Like this is a lot of work. The Kickstarter was 60 days, but you don't see that before the Kickstarter, you have three months of prep work, doing the videos, making the campaign, getting the products ready, doing all the press tours, all this stuff. So I think in that case, like I burned out, like the day that we launched, I'd been awake for like 40 hours. So I was already burned out by the day we launched and it's a 60 day campaign. 60 days is brutal. After 30 days, I couldn't go on. I basically just like tapped out of running it. I gave it to like my direct report. But in that case, like, I knew it was happening and I think it was worth it. I think that campaign did really well. We raised over a million dollars between all the different crowdfunding. I knew what was happening, but the cost of victory was worth it, in my opinion. So I think just knowing that you're going to burn out, but also being able to figure out if it's worth it or not for you. And if it's not worth it, you can quit. That's the luxury of, of working for somebody. You can go find another job. But sometimes it's worth it. And sometimes it makes like something that you're incredibly proud of. It's just that the process of getting there was incredibly tough. And also, again, you know, this can be something that's very personal to an individual in terms of how they want to use that environment. Some of that pressure and high stakes work situation. And it's different for everyone. So just want to call that out as well. Like the cost of burnout is essentially maybe weeks or months of not being able to do anything. Like you can't concentrate. You can't sleep well. Oh, yeah. I think for me, it normally, I think probably like three or four months is like my average turnaround time to get out of it. It's a brutal kind of recovery and it's not always a quick one. It's like I'm saying three to four months, but sometimes it takes longer. It's a very personal decision on what your priorities are. At that point in my life, my priority was work. I was actually, I'd say that's probably still my priority, but I think it just depends on what you're prioritizing in life and maybe the work and the stress and everything is not worth it. Yeah. I mean, when I think about burnout on my side and just trying to sort of help myself get my footing back, I think for me, one of the biggest issues that led to overwork and stress taking over my career was that same mentality from 
before, which was like always setting ambitious goals, trying to have those lofty visions and ideas and like thinking about that's the thing I want to get built and that's where we have to go to and like pushing and trying to get that vision understood and solved for. And I think one of the big things that I realized was that sometimes at an organization, it is important to set a bit more realistic goals. And when I say realistic, not that ambitious goals are bad. I mean, they are great in terms of binding a vision and bringing folks together and creating a story. But sometimes it's about understanding what are the phases or the steps that you can take to get to that vision. And I think for me, early on in my career, I was more on the big moonshot idea and then just trying to drive towards that without realizing like organizational structure in terms of teams and work velocity, all of that might not be conducive to that goal at that time. And then when that's the goal that I want to get to and we're not able to get there, it feels like there's no progress being made. And I think that, again, you know, it feels like there's no reward to the work you're doing. It's just nothing is moving. You're just doing stuff again and again, but it's not taking a positive step towards that direction. And I think that can really impact you. And it, it did for me. That was a big one for me. And so the one thing that I sort of took out from that is, okay, that's the vision. That's where we want to get to. But how do we set semi-ambitious slash more realistic goals or quick wins or phases that show the progress to myself as a PM as well and lines up the strategy for that future vision? Get those quick wins in, get those small features out, help increase your confidence with those. And then those small term goals are actually end up leading to that bigger vision. So I think that was for me a big one is just sort of understanding what the goal should be and trying to go from a have that ambitious goal in mind, but then also set up a plan for like more achievable targets. And for me, that felt so much better to be able to see progress being made and actually getting results that it, it always gave me the push to get to the next step while also being aware of the fact that with each win, there's a moment to celebrate and take a step back and relax and focus on the downside of that time as well. Yeah, well said. In your view, has there ever been a time when it's worth risking burnout to achieve some objectives? I think there has been a time where that's been the case for me. But being completely honest, I might have not even realized that I was at the brink of burnout or I was burning out. In hindsight, when I look back, I actually did burn out during grad school towards the last few semesters, now that I look at all the signs. But at that time, I didn't realize it. I still kept pushing myself because a part of me was enjoying it and, and wanted to do all of that. So I, I guess I did risk or not even risk burnout. I actually did burnout, but I still kept pushing. But then I saw it stole on myself after. And it took me a while to get out of that zone where I was burned out and just the energy and everything had significantly reduced. But I mean, at that time, I was still pushing because the work that I was doing was really, really rewarding. But would I do it again? Maybe a bit more realistically. I think that's the thing like about burnout is that you can keep pushing, but I feel like you can 3x the effort, but you get even less in return because it's just there's so many effects on your body that just like make it impossible to be as effective as you would be if you just slept well and weren't so stressed and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, I guess to your point, maybe if I knew I was at the risk of burnout, would my decisions have been different? Maybe. I guess at that point, I never even realized like that's what was happening to me. So yeah, I'll keep an eye out for situations where I'm almost at the risk of burnout. And for me, if it's, if I still want to keep pushing or not, 
So far, I doubt that's going to be the case, but I'll keep an eye out and I'll keep you updated, Alex. How do you think the pandemic has affected? I know like everybody's had a lot of angst and stress and anxiety because of the pandemic. I think there's been a lot of talk about burnout because of the pandemic. I mean, have you faced anything like that during this past couple of years? That's actually a great point that you bring up. And there has been an encroachment, I feel like, in personal space with the fact that we aren't going into office. And again, I say this with the fact that I am really grateful that I have a job that I can do from home and and I've been able to work from my home and the comfort of my own desk in my living room. And, And so I'm grateful for that. But when it comes to burnout, especially in the technology industry, in the tech space, in you know, the desk jobs that we're at, I think the one thing that the pandemic has led to is encroachment into personal time as well. Meetings start earlier, meetings go on later. If there's any time free in the middle, there's a meeting there. And I think initially it was fine. You know, you were just like, we're productive, we're getting more work done, even though we're from home. But then I think that that kind of became the norm slowly everyone's realizing like it's not and it shouldn't be. So yeah, I mean, there was a time in between where I was just like, I woke up into a meeting and then right after the last meeting, I was like, okay, I'm done. I want to sleep and nothing else during the day. And pretty sure that that was like, if I wasn't already burning out, I was almost at the brink of burning out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also the thing for PMs is that like we have just meetings constantly. And so I agree, especially during like peak seasons. Especially if you have like uh, counterparts in Asia, you're waking up into a meeting and going to bed into a meeting. Like it's pretty brutal having to to have that kind of schedule. So uh, yeah, I think also like there's no more boundaries between work and personal life. So I think for me, like I'm basically sitting at a computer for 14 hours a day. Once I'm done with my work projects, then I just flip the switch and then now I'm working on my personal. So I think there's no like commute. There's nothing to break up the monotony. Like, don't leave the house. You don't do anything besides sit at your desk and work all day. And, you know, like, I know we're wrapping this up, but I just want to say, like, with PM, burnout is something that is potentially always on the horizon. So, A, always be aware of how your mental state is. Like, are you on the brink of burnout or not? And just things that might be signs of burnout, being aware of that and reassessing is really important. And we've all been there. We've all gone through it. Alex and I have had moments of burnout as well. And it's okay to just, again, take a step back and sometimes admit to yourself that, yeah, things are getting a bit overwhelming. Identify the why and reach out to others, talk to your colleagues, to your manager and let them know. You can follow some of the things that we did that we sort of tried to get out of the burnout uh, zone for us. But again, it's okay if you do get burnt out or you are on the brink of burnout we all go through it. You're not alone. Take a step back, realize why and what the symptoms might be. And then do not be afraid to like reach out and ask for help. Perfectly said. 